This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Monday, the 5th of September, 2020. Whoops, two. <laughs> and this evening's show... We give our thoughts on Sunday's hard-fought victory at Huddersfield as a severely depleted pool return from West Yorkshire with all three points. And it definitely went over the line. I'm John Aspinall, the Seaside's podcast match direction show, Huddersfield Town, nil, Blackpool, one. Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome on the audio pod. Welcome back to the Seasiders podcast match reaction show. Panelists, if you haven't muted, unmuted yourselves already, frantically do it now. There you go. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome in the chat. Leanne's here, Kelly's here, Antonio's here, Alex is here, Ray's here, David's here, Gemma's here, and Tim's here. Back. From his sophisticated... Back from my sojourn. <laughs> That's got to be a record. That was... that was. If Bristol City had scored that chance after 23 seconds, I could have used an analogy for the Timism. But, um, yeah, sojourn, I think you've used that actually before, Tim. So I, I think you've hit... To be fair, uh, it's one of my favourite yeah. to be honest. You've hit the... Do I get half a hole? No, I think you've hit the post there, like, just like Bristol yeah. City. So tell us about your holiday... I was um, I was telling uh, Leanne last week actually she was asking where you'd gone mm. and I said you were looking at a load of old ruins and wrecks in Cyprus or something she said it sounds really boring was it well there's copious amounts of alcohol involved as well you'd have enjoyed it I, I was about biking in the mountains every morning well, I liked that yeah get get yeah, so. getting wrecked in some wrecks I had a bike I had a bike from uh, for the duration and got I got out of a you know. Really pissed the missus off, getting up at half six in the morning, banging around the bedroom, and as you do. But um, getting up, and you're going, Wait. just one night sleep. I want. 
The missus gets really pissed off at getting a load of banging around in the bedroom at half six in the morning. <laughs> I know. The, I the know, ladies like that sort of thing normally, don't they? <laughs> a man of your so, age, yeah. she should be pleased. It was, uh, it was all right. It was a good holiday. <laughs> so so. Is, she, is that what she said? It's all right. Uh, well, yeah, she might have different views on it. But um... <laughs> <laughs> to clarify, we are talking about the holiday here, aren't we, Tim? We are. We are. So no, it was nice. Oh, Eight days in Pathos, it was all right. Play hot and a uh, bit of culture. Whereas, uh, Mitch, whereas the likes of us go to these bleak and dank places of Northumberland and uh, North Yorkshire Moors, that kind of thing. Uh, well, I literally went on holiday to Middlesbrough once. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> was it to see the transporter bridge like an old his own pet? <laughs> well, I did go and see the transporter bridge, but that, that wasn't that wasn't the, the purpose. But uh, yeah, I actually had a surprisingly good time in Middlesbrough. To be fair, Teesdale is really nice. Actually, if you get into the Tees Valley, it's really nice. I really did go to Middlesbrough on holiday, and I really did look at the pigeon loft in Middlesbrough on holiday. That's not actually me making up things to fit the stereotype. It was lovely. I once, went, I once went to a club called Tall Trees. I think that was near Middlesbrough. That's as far as I can go to go into that, that area for pleasure. Joe, um, obviously coming from the, the cultural capital of the UK, as you do, a trip to Middlesbrough would be a slight downgrade on the, um, the delights of Rotherham. And has it got a cinema yet? It's currently uh, being built as we speak. It's very exciting times, especially with um, Cineworld possibly going bust, which is my current cinema of choice in Sheffield. It could be the perfect timing for this cinema in Rotherham. It's tell you what, I'm so excited. It's part of the levelling up, isn't it, this, I I believe, is... um... I don't know about levelling it up, but Rotherham just needs levelling. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that with the game coming up next Wednesday, should I? Tim, we went last time we with Joe, didn't we? To Rotherham away. Maybe we should do yeah. it again. Joe saw, saw us. Went, yeah. I think we probably we visited the worst pub I think I've ever been in on any away trip. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the bridge is quality. <laughs> oh, my God. It's about the only it away was... pub you can go in, in in Rotherham now. Now the uh... Do you remember the food? Do you remember the food, John? It was like <sighs> Was it very basic? Oh, that's the, um, sort of... the the pub that's was just Rotherham in general. Fucked. It was it was it was it was like as bad as you could possibly be. The beer was crap. They had like this horrible food on. And and this this was apparently the um the best that's pub in Rotherham. God in Rotherham. <laughs> that might my abiding memory was um, the toilets, and it was just like what Renton went into on train spotting. <laughs> like the worst toilets in yeah. Glasgow. Sucked, it, it sucked down like into the floor. That. It was just like that. So, yeah, I think we should go, Tim. I think we should uh, re- relive those, the, the heady days. Of Halcyon visiting, days. Halcyon days of visiting the, um, the hostelries of... Uh, the finest South Yorkshire town with our with our good friend Mr. Atholton. So are we are we up for it, Athers? Well, yeah, I might as well go. It's like literally ten minutes down the road from me. So when so. is it next Tuesday night? I think it's a Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm not too sure. 
We're think... turning into the Wednesday team, aren't we? Mm. Right, Not everybody. Cool. I think you're, you're here to watch us talk about a Blackpool match. So I suppose we'd best get on with that, haven't we? As uh, Tim goes. Uh-huh. And he's just said, Tim, has Tim got his sweaty football gear on? I think he has, and he's gone to spray himself with some just for men. Not some just for men, that's hair dye. Sure. <laughs> I've not I've not had a chance to get changed. I didn't get into that ten past eight. So um I was chatting to people after the game and uh so it was a case of needs must. So yeah, so I am in Anyway, we don't want to yeah, we don't want to talk about Tim's perspiration, do we? We want to talk about the the starting 11 at Blackpool versus Huddersfield. And this was a, a real head scratcher when this was announced. So this was the starting 11. Grimshaw, Gabriel, Ekpeteta, Williams, Thornley. Hooray! Thompson, Dougal, Connolly, Pervader, I'm not sure it's pronounced, uh, Yates and the Mountie, Corbinu. Um Mitch. First off, great to see Jordan Thornley back in but equally mystifying to see Williams and Exeter in there as well. Penny, for your thoughts on Apple's thoughts there. Um, well, I was just baffled because I I hadn't even considered the fact he could play three at the back or five at the back or whatever you call it. Um, I was I, I was surprised as well that he hadn't put... Um, Right in because I'd I'd read somewhere that he'd said that Pervader was way off being fit, so I was surprised to see Pervader in. Um, and it was one of them where you look at it and think, well, I've got I've, I've got nothing to match this to. We haven't played like this for for eight. I mean, five three two or three four three or you know what what is it? Um, trying to work it out and even going back to um, Critchley, I couldn't really remember is really lining up like this very often. Um, so yeah, I, it was it was um, your penny would have bought some bafflement from me. I think had you asked me before the game, Joe, our, our accredited friend who isn't on this evening, um, was very consistent in saying he will never deviate from four three three, i.e. Appleton's formation and tactical so, so yeah, uh, picks. Obviously, talking a lot of bollocks there, wasn't he? Yeah, as per usual. Um, Sean. Sean. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of that selection's probably down to two things. Um, I'm not digging the fella out just because I mean, he, he supports or allegedly supports. I think Reese Williams has looked a little bit shaky the past couple of games. So giving him a bit of support with an extra man there, possibly in Appleton's thinking. And he's kind of hamstrung at the minute by pure lack of numbers in midfield and up front, because you've got to remember Beasley is out injured and you've got Medine with that uh, retrospective suspension. So there's a bit of fragility up front. There's a bit of fragility in midfield. It's a case of this is my squad. I mean, the fact that Jack Moore's on the bench out of nowhere, one of the youth players just shows we're down to the bare bones at the minute. So... I think his mind was more or less made up with the players that were available. Tim, on our patron group, when I saw that, I mused that we may be going for a 
defensive performance and to try and catch them on the the break. What were your what were your thoughts when you saw that lineup? Did you concur with that, or did you think? It was yeah, absolutely... I, when I was disappointed, I thought I did. I actually thought it'd be brave and put right in from the start. Um, but I think the risk always is, isn't it, when you pay three at the back with your two fullbacks? If those two fullbacks are used to playing in the back four, then they're naturally going to migrate to their normal positions. So. Um, whilst I think both had a great game, I did, I did think particularly, I know we're going to go on to discuss the game, but probably in the second quarter that we, we seemed to sit back very, very deep and, and, you know, we invited pressure on. And I think the problem with that system is it does invite, because at the end of the day, you've got Dougal and, and Conley are both defensive players. So if you actually look at the, the structure of the team, you've got seven um, defensive players and, and three attacking players, which compared with the way we've been playing in recent weeks is, is you know, it, it's it's the complete opposite, isn't it? Because we've had games where we've almost been playing four or f- even five up front and um, and really going for it. And this was like, you know, the, the yin to the yang. Mm, that's right. So, Mitch, you came from up in Lancaster, didn't you? There was a... Um... A bit of trouble getting there, I believe, on the roads. Yeah, well, it, it was the M55 junction was shut, but also the motorway, just to add on top of that, the motorway was also shut between, um, well, I'm not sure exactly where it was, Lancaster and Garstang or Lancaster and Preston. So um, I had the delight of going via um, the deepest, darkest um, hills of Boland, Clitheroe, um, some towns that I've only ever heard of on Radio Lancashire when they round up the cricket scores with John Gwynn and Gary Eggson. Um And just, I had no, I literally, after about an hour and a half, I, I had no idea where I was. And then I popped out sort of somewhere um, east of Manchester and joined the M62. It was, it was, it was, it took me about two hours, 50 minutes to get there. And I mean, Huddersfield from where I live, I've done it in about an hour and 15 minutes before. So, so it, it was a journey. Tim, you went with uh, Ashley's coach from... I was head steward. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, how, how did that go? Blake, was that... I mean, Blakey's peak cap on, you know. <laughs> on coach two. Was the two coaches? No, it was only, it was only one coach. Okay. Uh, it was a bit... bit um, the, the numbers were down actually quite a bit on um, on, on Sunday. We had about 30-odd on. Uh, I think probably... But we had a similar similar um, tale of woe to uh, to Mitch's in that we left at twelve, had to go via the number ten, but we actually got to the ground at ten to three. Jesus, um, going through press. Well, every, because the M fifty, um, we nearly went on the M fifty five, and some who did didn't make kickoff because um, it looked fine as you going onto it, but it was just chocker. I believe it en- ended up being um, back all the way to Tesco. Uh, uh, Tesco. All the way from uh, to Preston at one stage, so we we go via we go via Preston, but there's there's obviously roadworks where they're creating that new south bypass, so it's down to a single lane. It took us an hour and a half to the long and the short. It took us an hour and a half to get to Walton Summit, so it's a bit depressing, but worth it in the end. Mm, yeah. <laughs> obviously, I couldn't make the game, Joe. I was gonna. He could he could have made the mm. game. We decided to sit at home. Well, and watch no. TV. Well, there were babysitting issues in there as well, Tim. All right. You, so, didn't, you didn't tell me that. You, 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 you left out that bit of crucial information. 
You just went, nah. I was going to go as Joe. I was going to go as Joe's. Watch on telly. Joe's mate. But um, was it Barry in the chat there said thanks to Ethers for uh, letting my son's mate get in for ten quid. We were talking about in the green room, Joe, weren't we? So is it... yeah. Well, would it be in paying the gate? I just thought anyone want to get in half price and first taker. Yeah. There you go, Barry. Right onto the game then. Mitch talks through the opening. 20 minutes um, in the kind of the build-up to Jerry dispossessing there, dispossessing their dodgy keeper. Um, kind of ebbed and flowed with not a lot happening, really, from memory. Yeah, you, you've not given me the easiest job to do there, John. <laughs> well, I'll just say, fuck all happened in the first 20 minutes happened, then. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, nothing happened. Um, they, Uddersfield looked crap. Um, we didn't look very adventurous. I think they had, um, they might have had a, shot from distance or something but no, nothing really happened at all um, we look, didn't look like we had much threat, um, they didn't look like they were much good How many corners did they have though? Yeah they did didn't they, I mean the corners added up and added up and added up um, and it was sort of the one thing that they seemed to be any good at was taking corners um, they had the lad Sober Thomas, is it, on corners? Yeah um, and he takes a good corner. We should borrow him for corner taking. Um, but apart from that, you know, not much happened. And the, the, the main thing I can remember is one of their lads sort of lining up what looked like to be an absolutely inch perfect slide rule pass. He did sort of like that thing where you know when you pass it and your foot stays stays through the ball as if you'd done a really class pass. But it was about twenty yards in front of him and just rolled out of play. And their fans. Their fans were not happy after about 15 minutes of grumbling at them. Um, so, yeah. Chizzy and Brett were our uh, crack co-commentary team on the uh, on the stream. And they were pointing it out quite a lot that the Huddersfield fans were right on their own team's back literally every time they, they passed the ball back. Joe, was there a sort of a, a, a pretty negative atmosphere from the home fans? Pretty early I don't on. want to be one. Of, I don't want to be one of those. But I didn't really hear a peep out of their fans the whole game. They were very quiet, apart from when they scored. Uh, but obviously, we'll get onto that later. Um, I've, I kind of feel for them because, like, they're in a similar situation to us, but worse. They were like ninety minutes away from getting to the Premier League. Uh, very contentious final against Forest with penalties given, not given, and uh, Nottingham Forest ending up getting promoted, taking two of their best players. We know how that feels. At least they're bloody playing them. Anyway, I digress. Um, Losing their manager pre-season, who did a fantastic job getting them up there. Uh, They're just suffering an extreme hangover from everything that's gone on over the summer since the playoff final and yeah it must be proper crap going from the 90 minutes away from the Premier League to essentially being bottom of the division because Coventry have played so few games because of their pitch Tim we we had Huddersfield a lot of us in our pre-season predictions last season had Huddersfield to go down and they, they surprised a lot of us last season and how how well he did, but we kind of dominated them up until Jordan Gabriel doing his thing last season, and we weren't really outclassed in this game at all. Um, 
take your pick who was the, uh, the high place team from last season. But um, as I said, the 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 goalkeeper looked very shaky and the defence playing out. We pressed them hard and Jerry Yates really very nearly took advantage of that on 19 minutes. Talk us through that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought, um, I'm trying to remember the, the incident you referred to at the moment, but um, it was, um, uh, I, I felt that um, uh, that uh, they, they they always looked shaky at the back all the way through the game. I mean, if you, if you, Analyze the number of times that they're back four, back five, uh, or even the midfield played the ball out onto uh, onto the touchline. Uh, completely missed one of their players. Their distribution was was awful, and I, and I think the the high press to coin our blue tick um, members' phrase um, uh, was always going to reap some dividends, and um, and and and. Uh, I've got to say, I'm, I'm actually struggling to remember the specific incident you're referring to, but but Jerry's the master at, at cutting things out, isn't he? So maybe, Mitch, do you remember the what, yeah, what we're talking about? It was kind of a combination of Gabriel and Yates. Um, Gabriel had bombed right forward. Um, and I was shouting so, so much, just two secs. Yeah. I was shouting at Eddie on the TV, what are you doing, Gabriel? Don't commit yourself. Don't foul. Don't go for that. And Eddie was saying, Eddie said, Dad, you don't know what you're on about. Because uh, Gabriel almost made that goal, didn't he, by that surge. Were we talking about the Yates chance or were we talking about the goal? Oh, that was, was a goal, wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a goal, yeah. yeah. But he, he was right up for the Yates chance yeah. as well. And, and Yates ends up nabbing it. Um, Gabriel comes inside. And, and actually, I... He got a bit of stick for this, but I, uh, the ground, I couldn't make head and the tail of it. It was just one of them that went across the across the box because the, the, that away end always, or that that end always seems particularly far away. I don't know why. Some grounds you, you just really struggle to see, but um, he, he puts it across the box and. I, I almost feel like if there'd been a striker in the middle, they might have got it. That Gabriel kind of. He, he plays it in front of Gabriel, but Gabriel doesn't really quite anticipate what he's going to do because, after all, he is a right back, and it, and it just gets away from him. Um, but that that was the f- first thing really where we'd had an effort. I mean, the only other thing we'd had was Theo had had the go for on about ten minutes, which where he just sort of wandered across the pitch and had a shot, and it nearly went in, which he was 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 about all I can remember us doing apart from scoring in the half. Mm. Joe Jerry. Uh, Joe Jerry Yates had, um, I think he had other options, didn't he? He could have played Pervader in, who was just completely unmarked on the, the chance we were talking about. And he, I think Jerry looked very ponderous, didn't he? He was taking far too many touches and he wasn't being very decisive. So if he slid it along the floor, he'd probably got on the end of it. The fact that he's kind of not only like chipped across it, but it with quite a bit of pace. I think if there weren't as much pace on it or it were along the ground, it's probably a tap-in. Or if it goes but back I'm to I'm not going to have a go at Yates because I saw some criticism of him online and I'm like, you can criticise his decision-making at times, fair enough. And maybe even his lack of goal sometimes. But to, the, the fellow had said that he's lazy. If there's one thing that Sherry Yates isn't, it's lazy. Uh, full-time, it collapsed. He was like on a heap. He must have ran half a marathon that game. Mm. And it was warm out there. It was warm out there, wasn't it? Really, really sticky. 
And he's doing it for the third time in eight days as well because he never seems to come off, does he? No. Yeah, just, as a, just going back in the chat, and I don't really saw it, John, but um, uh, there's a story about Corbio. Apparently, he missed the team coach and, and had to jump in a taxi to get to the ground. And that's that's apparently legit. That's actually what happened. Um, so, I mean, some managers might have um, dropped somebody who missed the team bus, might they? But maybe there was an explanation for it linked to all those problems of getting in and out of Preston. But um, Fucking hell, but that, that's what but, it did. But that was an expensive taxi. I hope it was yeah, on, well, I if it was on a meter. Probably better than getting the fine he'd have got if he hadn't got it. <laughs> but so, it was uh, on a meter on a bomber. Yeah, but um, uh, every credit for like, you know, going the extra mile because I, you know, I think um, he, uh, he he most certainly deserved that starting place. So, really? um, but yeah, I heard that on the, I heard that straight after the game. So, uh, I believe it's uh, I believe it's a, a true story. Mitch um, Jack Rodoni, I think his name was Huddersfield player, is a, a thorn in our mm. side often. He was a, he was a great player. Um, he's I thought he was good. Yeah, he almost scored from a header right in front of the Blackpool fans on thirty minutes, a couple of minutes. Previous to that, he got poleaxed by Grimmy's elbow. Anything sinister in that, or it was just pure accident? I guess oh, it was not a, at all. No. Not, not at all. That, that was the ball, the ball into the box, and Grimmy punches everything, doesn't he? He rarely catches. He punches first choice, and he he, he took the ball first and just went through on Radoni, and straight away he Grimmy stopped the play. He sort of went out to the ref, stopped the play. I don't think there's anything sinister in that at all. And um, I think, if anything, it was probably um, empathy from Grimmy, given what he went through from... Um, mm-hmm. He will not mention now um, at that game that we'd like, all like to forget about. Um, so, no, nothing suspicious in that. But I thought Rodoni was really good. He had a nice touch. He was... He was um, had a decent shot on him. He was actually quite good in the air as well. He he linked up. He looked a, a canny player. I think. They, am I right in saying they got him from Wimbledon? Have I made that up? Yeah, I think we were in for him at some point, or at least mm. linked to him. Mm. I was looking at quite enviously. Yeah, Wimbledon. Um, saying that he had linked to about twenty players over the summer. So he had he had the shot from distance that Grimmy made a really good stop, like way to his yeah. left. Um, yeah. So yeah. It was like Grimmy v Radoni that first half. But um, yeah, not long, but a minute later, Tim, after Grimmy's um, pushed away that brilliant Radoni shot, we've gone 1-0 up through um, that man, Theo. Top scorer now, three, <coughs> Taxi three goals. Boy. Yeah. We were actually, we were just, just in the green room beforehand, we were trying to work out what his goals per minutes on the pitch ratio is, and it's, and it's uh, we, I think we've just, we've, Narrowed it down, Mitch did to uh, one in every hundred minutes is on the pitch, which isn't so bad so far, is it really? Yeah. So get Gabriel. Um, sort of, if I remember rightly, did he win the ball on the right hand side? He most certainly got free of his man and and he proper himself. sprinted for it. Mm. He was. Oh, that's we, that, it was from that's the, the one I was talking about. Corner. Yeah, that's when I was saying, don't go for it. You'll get you'll foul and get booked. But he was rapid, wasn't he, Joe? Yeah, it was actually from their corner. And the ball's like, it's the second ball that's been headed out into the area. And he's literally just beaten the Huddersfield player to it. And he's <clears throat> pinged it down the other end with the ball. And uh, he's got, he's slid in a really nice early pass to Pervader. And I'll be honest, I thought, I thought Pervader had scored. I was already cheering. And I was like, all oh, right, went, went scored. And uh, 
bit of luck, hit the post, came straight to Corbin, who he just tapped it in. Oh, well, he didn't just tap it in, though, did he? He had a nice sk- little bit of control. He had a lot. Half, no, half he followed it in the top. He of made it look very, very simple. Well, it was beautiful right foot, then left foot. It was he's both feet in it. So he's he's kind of disproving my theory that he's CJ plus because th- that wouldn't have worked. CJ using both feet in a, in a move would never happen. Sorry, CJ. It's not like us to uh, get it completely wrong about players, is it, on here? Dick, dick them <laughs> well, out and then... Actually, I'll... actually, I'm going to pull you all up here. I think a few weeks ago, when everyone was slagging our Canadian hero, I was like, give him time. He's just come into the club. We all remember how poor Keo was his first few games. I said to you all, he'll end up being a cult hero like Richard Keo, And you all laughed at me. Who's that now? And I have that to before say, or after you predicted five defeats from the from the last five games, Joe, or whatever uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another Nigel Farage like, moment there, Tim, haven't we? I have to say, you're not laughing now, are you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've got I've got to say, I thought it was uh, he finished it really well, and he, he's the first time he scores, you think. At, uh, was it was the first one Burnley wasn't it Burnley uh, Burnley and you think well you know yeah it's a good finish but it's a one off and then he does it again at Blackburn and then does it again at Huddersfield and you start to think mm, he actually knows where the goal is and he knows how to put a ball away and, and he's it's got a lovely the... knack of being in the right place at the right time as well mm. Mm. it's just so calm but, but they're not easy they're not easy goals he's scored I know I know he, the, the I know easy to miss there. Tim aren't they for a Exactly. Very easy to miss. Exactly. Very easy. And we've seen plenty of players. So I th- I'm going to name him Theo Goals because <laughs> he actually scores. Speak- oh, shots fired. Common, Tim's making the common mistake of thinking a goal machine has to score goals. And just goal, <laughs> goals happen around a goal machine. Um, Theo is on course over 46 games. If he carries on scoring at the rate he's scoring, he's on score on course to sort to score. I can't speak. 42.4 goals this season. I've just worked <laughs> it out. Sorry, 41.4 goals. <laughs> what is this algorithm you're using? Well, well that's on the basis on the pitch yeah. for every minute. So he right. scored every hundred minutes. So yeah, no, but he hasn't been on the pitch every minute in the first eight games. No, he? no, no, no. He, he, over over the course of a forty-six game season, if yeah. he scored at the rate he would score, and he would score forty-one point four goals. Oh. If that makes I think so. the more important metric is I'd sell for three after eight games. Uh, Corbin who three, the entire Preston North End squad two. <laughs> And everybody needs to sign up for the Twitter account of the uh, the, the Harland versus Preston North End squad, which is, is absolute quality. Uh, so I highly recommend you you you, you search that out. Which uh, we were chatting beforehand, and it, it's got all the stats and diagrams to show how many Harland scorers compared to the whole Preston squad put together each game. And uh, it's just a pure piss take. So whoever's doing it, every credit. I have half a feeling somebody on this podcast might have something. It's not me. I wish it was me. It's not. It's absolutely. I'd be claiming that if that were me. That is brilliant. 
you've got uh, you've got form there, Joe, for these little accounts. Honestly, I had to go not me. I wish it was. I'd be claiming that one. <laughs> oh, uh, Mix just said to him, uh, "Is that the same algorithm you use for the player ratings? Seven plus." <laughs> we've um, we've unfortunately made decided to not do player ratings this season, so. Unfortunately, the uh, FPRS system is no more, but we've, maybe we should uh, put it in a time capsule of some sort. And um, we might use it on the uh, the live the live pod. Yeah, just for, just for old times' sake. I was just about to say that, Tim. If everyone looks at the uh, the ticker, it's on the screen. Obviously, this won't work on the audio pod. We are doing a uh, a live show, our first ever live show. And it's not just in a corner pub, it's at the, the Winter Gardens in the pavilion, at the the Word Fest Festival, which is happening on Saturday the 8th of October. And we are up against Rory Stewart and Alistair Campbell against The Rest Is Politics. So as I put on Twitter this morning, it's better than The Rest Is Politics. <laughs> are we going to have to wear makeup? What you do at weekends is your business. Yeah, you know, are we, we going to have a rider when we get there? And you know, is it going to be full on celeb style? Like yeah, Oliver so Reed when he went, be like Oliver Reed when he went on Wogan, won't he? <laughs> well, um, Gary Taylor Fletcher's coming as well. So Fletch is going to come. He's going to come to the game with us, uh, Watford game. So we're going to be doing a match reaction to the Watford game with GTF, uh, a Q&A with GTF, um, a few stories about the, uh, the the boycott years and then rounding it off with a, an audience Q&A. So it's going to be a great evening. We've got 90 minutes. A few, bo- few bottles of uh, Tim's ruin, Tim's all yeah. ruined on the side. T- uh, well, Tim will be powered up by... Three bottles of Tim's Old Ruin, the vintage cider, top tipple. So we'll be plying in with that in the Moretti Lounge before the game. Leanne, it is called Wordfest. I think that's what she's asking about. No, she's asking about the... Uh, um, Harland account. Harland account. What's it called, Tim? Harland account. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember what exactly what it's called, but if they give you, I'm sure if you uh, just search Harland, it'll be and P and E, put P and E in there, it'll come straight up. Oh, okay. I'll have a look. Give me a minute. Right, yeah. Joe will post it in the comments. So, yeah, come and, come and see us at the WordFest Festival. Great to have you. It's 12 quid, or if you're a patron, eight quid. Um, patrons get a, uh, a discount, and that'll be in the Patreon app. But yeah, beautifully segued in there, Tim. Right on to the second half of the game. Oh, um, Harland Watch. Harland Watch. Uh, Mike's just putting it in the comments. So, away you go, Mike. Okay, that's the game. When did we make those subs? No, it I think it was about 10, 15 minutes into the second half, uh, wasn't it? Well, did we react to their subs? Didn't they make a, a couple of subs first? Well, the first one was we brought Jimbo on for um, Williams, and then yeah. later on, later on, as time was going down, we we brought Hamilton and Lavery on. Mm. Yeah, that's. Do you think William, Williams was injured because he seemed to he looked a bit ginger as he was not ginger ed, but you know gingerish as he went <laughs> as he as he walked off. But I don't know whether he was doing that for effect because he. he to be honest. It, 
Marv was brilliant with his headers, but his distribution was shocking. Every every time he and 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 his attempted at clearances were poor, and I think him and Williams seemed to be at, at odds a little bit. So I don't I don't know whether it was a tactical sub or whether it was actually that Williams got a bit of a knock because I said he did look a bit like he was hobbling as he walked off, but he had a great game. No, I thought he was. I thought it. Um dragged him off because he'd, he'd, he'd been booked and then he, he went in with two sliding tackles and missed both of them. Um, really timed and badly, missed both of them. And, and on one of them, when I watched it back, he was quite lucky. Uh, I think it was the move that led to the corner that was the, the non-goal, I think. But he went in for, a, for a, a really wild tackle and he was lucky that the lad vaulted him and, and carried on running because he, he could have been in trouble um, if he'd if he'd have you know because it would have been late if he'd have made contact with the lad mm. decided to make a meal of it and I think he got hooked because he's he's already been hooked once hasn't he for for not playing that well um, and Appleton's certainly not above doing that yeah um, and and I thought I thought just you know uh, husband came on and as he always does he he must just he must just practice all the time because he can be out for like months weeks at a time and then he just comes on and just just carries on playing like he's been playing all season. Um, and I thought we were better when husband came on. Husband is quality, Mitch. I think we're in the, we're in the same camp there. Um, Ruffles and Jones on for Kelsey and Hogg on 56 minutes. Uh, we had a flurry of yellow cards, Tim. Conley on 58, Williams on 63, Yates on 65. It wasn't really a surprise for me to see Williams getting hooked because it, Again, he was he was a bit shaky for me, and yeah, uh, obviously when we're at the second half, um, when you when you're in the ground, it's obviously that is at the far end, so you don't perhaps pick up on the little the little bits in in the same way as you do when it, when they're defending in the first half. But I thought, in the, I mean, I've got to say, Marv's Marv's heading ability was was up there. With the best you're going to see on on Sunday, I thought because he seemed to get his head on every single corner that came in. And I, I was really worried, apart from the one that just nicked by the post in the first half, um, which I thought was going in. I think most people did. Um, I really felt that he seemed to really dominate that area. But when the ball was on the floor, it was just it was kamikaze stuff. And um, I think I think Leanne's right. I think um, he's. Is unsettled by Kyo's departure. Time for a quick break in proceedings to say if you're enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support program. Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades, and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better, and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return, like all the podcasts before general release. Backstage access to us and our guests, exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash pod to find out more and hopefully sign up. And I think he's got somebody less experienced alongside him when he actually needs somebody who's, who's more experienced. And I think that then gives him the confidence just to play his own game. Where at the moment he's having to lead the line and... And 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 that added responsibility. Plus, worrying about Williams is probably preying on him a bit. And so it's, it's these little things sometimes, isn't it? These little nuances that are the difference between 
somebody being on top of the game and somebody looking a bit shaky. Well, I think Williams is indecisive as well, isn't he? I think there was one. I think I said on the pod, my Liverpool mate had said, "Watch out for the, watch out for when he gets turned by a, a ball over the top." And there was one yesterday where they'd lifted over the top. He was running back, and he needed to either bring it down and deal with it, or smack it in the stand. And he sort of did neither. He just powder puff headed it up in the air, and then flapped a bit underneath it and it was all I don't know indecisive edgy he doesn't exude that um, I'm trying to think of another word other than decisive to say because I already said indecisive but he doesn't he doesn't exude that certainty that you want to send ponderous um, no, I, I wouldn't even say ponderous because that's kind of slow, isn't it? But it, it's 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 an edginess. It's almost like, oh, I, I better not make a mistake. I bet it's like he doesn't want to put the ball out of play and lose possession, so he won't put it in the stand. But then it's, I suppose, it is ponderous, maybe tentative. Yeah, that's a better word. Yes, I think it is that. Thanks. Tentative isn't that great a word. Sorry. Well, they, coming from Rotherham, it is, Joe. Yeah, oh, this yeah, is yeah. this is why we're on at WordFest, isn't it? <laughs> That's well, that, yeah. that exchange then. <laughs> yeah, it's thanks to Tim that we're on at WordFest. Yeah, what I have... will say is though, what I will say is, uh, I think the, the next the next incident certainly left the uh, Huddersfield fans incredulous with rage. <laughs> two, one, on two, one, two, one, two, one. Shall we talk about the incident? Yes. Let's. What a save from Grimmy. It was out of, this, out of this world, wasn't it? A double save as well. Yeah. It, it seemed to bend space, time and light <laughs> simultaneously. Unbelievable tackers. It was a reverse. Apparently, because their, their, their manager was going mental, wasn't he, about the fact that the watch didn't go off? Because there is goal line technology in the championship. And and that is a watch on the referee's hand which buzzes if the whole of the ball crosses the line. Now, apparently, the ref's unsighted. This is what the EFL's statement was saying, wasn't it? The, the ref was unsighted and his watch didn't go off. Now, apparently, Huddersfield insisted that he went back out after the, afterwards and tried it, and apparently it worked. So so you, you get all these angles, and none of them are, are on the goal line, are they? They're all mm. front-on, zooming in and whatever. And maybe you do get an element of distortion, and just maybe, that, and it has to be, let's remember, it has to be the whole of the ball across the line, not... 70% of it, not 80% of it. I'm trying to keep a straight face here. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've got to say, it looks like it was across the line, but it, it would be a bit bizarre that the ref's watch didn't go off and then it does go off after the game. The EFL is incredibly frustrated that a technology failure at Huddersfield Town and Blackpool has overshadowed a fantastic weekend of action on the pitch. We have now received an initial assessment from Hawkeye, the providers of the goal line technology service in the championship, that during a second half incident with Huddersfield attacking, the match officials did not receive a signal to their watch or earpiece, as due to multiple factors, the ball was no longer being tracked, follow it, entering the Blackpool's goal area. Separately, 
PGMOL have confirmed the officials were unsighted due to obstruction by players and therefore unable to award a goal. system was tested and, functional, and functional prior to the start of the game. Further information is expected from both Hawkeye, blah, blah, blah. Technology is there to support the decision-making process of match officials in the championship and it failing in such a manner on Sunday is a matter of great concern for clarity. The referee's decision is final and the match result stands. So, Yahoo, uh, Yahoo sucks to you, Huddersfield. Tough shit. Well, listen, there's, there's been loads of incidents, hasn't there, where goals haven't been given. This technology, in my view, is good. If it's failed on the one occasion, then it's karma because how many times have... You know, you only have to go back to QPR last season where we were denied a clear and unequivocal goal. Based where was on our dodging. statement? Where yeah, was our exactly. apology? There wasn't one, was there? That was a shit referee's decision. Um, we've only we've, we've seen from VAR this weekend, virtually every game in the Premier League was tarnished by a yep. crap VAR decision oh. that completely against, went against the spirit of the game. And... Yep. I think the I think in this respect the EFL are right. It is there to aid, and if it fa- if it fails, it fails. But you know, I would be pissed off if I was a Huddersfield fan. But how many times have we been pissed off as Blackpool fans well, when decisions after the um, after the QPR game? I, I think I think after the QPR game, I'm sure I was on that pod. I think I'd had a massive anti-VAR rant about two pods before, and somebody said, "Oh, I bet you wish we had VAR now." And this is exactly why I don't wish we had VAR because we lost. You know, we okay, we lost the goal against QPR, and then look what happens. Somewhere down the line, we get one, and all flipping weekend. I've been, I've been driving loads, so I've had the radio on, I've had 606 and that on, and all it's been banging on about is fucking VAR decisions and fractional moments of a game. And, and you know what? We got really lucky there. We'll take it, we'll run off, they'll rage about it, and then football will start again on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever the next game is, and, 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 and that's the way it is. Um, you know? You get pissed on sometimes, and sometimes you piss on them, and that's that. That is football, and I would far rather have our division with all its, with all its ugliness and all its warts and all its mistakes and this this self-important pile of crap that they have in the Premier League, where it takes five minutes to decide whether somebody's a shoelace inside or not. You know, so there we I go. Agree. Uh, I agree. What happened to daylight for offsides? What were wrong with that? Exactly. It's daylight between the defender and the attacker. Even that EFL statement there, it's just so bloody... I don't know what the word is. So bloody full of its... its Hoity-toity. Yeah. Corporate bollocks. The censor didn't I like the bit at the end. Sorry for interrupting. I like the bit at the end where they say, I'm sorry, we won't be replaying the game. Like, Huddersfield are asking for it to be replayed. (laughs) Can we replay the... uh, 1986 game against Argentina for that handball. Do you know what I mean? Oh, what, like, yeah, or the, the Frank Lampard one against Germany. What about that I one? I think the well? only time I've known a game be replayed was that FA Cup game between Arsenal and Sheffield United. Well, rightfully, we need to go back to 1939 when we were top of the league and the war started. <laughs> and then everything's, you know, rightfully, we, we should, should reset football from that position where we, we should have got, got, all the teams should have got medals that year, shouldn't they? <laughs> You know, if we do with that, but so uh, wh- I think the re- I think the overreaction to it on online and in the media has been unbelievable. I can't believe that 
mean, all right, yeah, it was a poor decision, but the fact that it's still getting you know, fans genuinely saying if Blackpool had any integrity, they'd kick the ball in their own net from kickoff. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This one. Yeah. This was a Twitter reaction. I asked, I to, was... be fair to, to be fair to that guy, if you read on his comments, he is actually pretty <laughs> self-aware of what he's doing. When he gets pulled on it, up on it, he just says, yeah, you know. Well, he's I'm done it. It's, it's out there. It's, in the, it's out there in the ether now. Tim, he's called. Uh, shame on you, Blackpool FC, that your players didn't have the decency to admit the ball was a long way over the line. We all know, of course, that money is far more important than sportsmanship or, God forbid, honesty. But even I can stop the video and get this shot. Utter disgrace. Where do we, where do we go with that? You see that? <laughs> That's the world's smallest. smallest violin for Huddersfield fans. <laughs> and Tim... Shit decisions happen, get over it. Well, We've had about five this season already. Well, it's as Matt said. This is what makes this is what makes football interesting. These controversies that you know, this chatter after the game, the it's a disgrace. It's like, it's like, it's like Medine getting his three match ban. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Where does that, that come from? That's <laughs> like we've if already that got games no not players. on the sky, it don't happen. Yeah. Simple as. Yeah. I'm not even. Sure. I mean, I've seen it about three times myself. I'm still not com- completely convinced he actually meant to do it. He probably did, but knowing Gaz, as if Tim, it didn't even it. look that bad from the replay I saw. I don't. No. Well, the player didn't really seem to react in a particularly. Uh, you know, he wasn't rolling over, was he? Well, let's let's take Hawkeye out of this equation then. From the referee's point of view, it's pretty difficult to see, isn't it? Because he was obscure. Views there obscure. was about 14 players in the six-yard box alone. Yeah, yeah. But we, we nearly actually went down the other end and scored from... <laughs> we did. Didn't we? Imagine the shitstorm if we had. It was the weirdest moment because I'd, I'd, I'd reacted that they'd scored... And then I sort of my head came out, my hands or whatever I'd done, and then Grimmy was belting it up the pitch, and Pervader was hurtling towards the goal with their last man, and it was really, really surreal. I was like, "What? What? what why? Is, why have we kicked off with a goal kick?" I genuinely had the thought of, "Why have we kicked off with a goal kick? Is this what's happening?" And um, yeah, it had been. It was it, great. It was great. It was great afterwards as well because every time Huddersfield yeah, yeah. went anywhere near their goal, uh, near our goal, 
all our fans start going, whoa, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it scored the rest of the game. Just to rub salt into the proverbial wounds. I liked it how we kept turning around to one side and going, Whoa-ay! and then turning around to the other side and going, Whoa-ay! brilliant. I'm just glad that um, Blackpool players themselves haven't uh, exacerbated the situation by doing um, <laughs> dodgy tweets online because that would be really poor form. Grimmy and Dom Thompson. We're looking at you. <laughs> Every credit, lads. Absolutely. Clean sheet, Grimmy. Shit out is in bastards. <laughs> a clean sheet's a clean sheet, isn't it? Yeah, but exactly. Remember last year at Huddersfield when they one of their players got Gabriel sent off. All right, Gabriel did yeah, swipe, yeah. but he, he didn't even touch the Huddersfield player barely, and he made an absolute meal of it, rolling around. As soon as he saw Gabriel been given a red card he was up straight away and back on with the game so sorry Huddersfield what goes around comes around didn't one of their players break um, Carey's metatarsal in that game as well yeah the season so there we go yeah we were owed it I have to say Huddersfield after that 3-2 victory you were all laughing at us well I have to say you're not laughing now are you (laughs) Have you got them tweets from the uh, the team? Uh, I've not screenshot them, Joe. So uh, with, we'll have to we'll have to continue talking about the game. Um, Blackpool changed obviously sixty seven minutes. James husband on for East James. We've talked about that. Uh, sixty nine minutes. Jezza Nipton still stole the ball away from was it their goalie and Paveda, um got his shot away. Tim, but it was deflected and went wide. Should have scored really. If you remember, uh, right in front yeah, of the pool fans. Was, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, I, I think he was tiring by this stage, pervaded. To be honest, I think he was out on his um, uh, out, out, out. You know, uh, he, he was all done in, and perhaps that slightly reflected in 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 in, in the lack of provision, uh, uh, precision in the shot. But um, he'd given it all. To be fair to him, and um, it was a warm day for them all, and. Um, and if you you know you're coming in from not having many games on your back, it's it must be, you know, uh, you're going to be goosed, aren't you? After 65 and 70 minutes, I wasn't too surprised when he w- was then one of the ones to make way for the one and only CJ uh, Hamilton. Well, I mean, I, I was hoping to see Wright make his debut, and and I was so I was a bit disappointed. Listen, I, I don't want to bash CJ, but he, he, within about two minutes of being on the pitch, he'd executed one of the worst defensive back passes. I think I've seen in 45 years of watching football and it sort of just reinforced in my mind as to why the hell he shouldn't have been on the pitch. You know, it was like... Imagine um, if they'd scored off that corner. It was, listen, if you haven't watched the, watched the game back, it must be about 70, 75 minutes, watch it. It was it a is, shock. It was like, you're looking at it, what the hell was he doing then? Well, it came just after. I just had a chat with with Tim and the lad you were with about the um, the delights of CJ Hamilton and his many footballing uh, skills and how happy we all were to see him coming on. Um, and I felt a bit guilty, so when he picked up the ball, I gave it a big go on, CJ, and then he ex- immediately executed that atrocious back pass um, and proceeded to give. Uh, 
a masterclass in the way that only CJ can sometimes for the rest of the game. Kept it interesting, I guess. Yeah. Five minutes of injury time, Joe. Were you worried? I think the only way they Never. were going. I think the only way they were were going to score was from a set piece. Uh, no, I think to be honest, the way we managed the game towards the end was really good. Um, taking our time with throw-ins, starting to get uh, good at the old dark arts, as many teams have done uh, to us in the past. Uh, when it's a throw-in, magically not getting the ball or seeing where it is or taking your time with them. Um, That's why Jerry got butt, wasn't it? Because he, he, yeah. he threw the ball and ended up in the stand, didn't he? He threw the ball yeah. back. and um, Taking time with goal kicks. Yeah. Uh, in play, I thought we held it up pretty well in the corners, and they had a, a lot of the ball like in that half in that last two or three minutes of injury time. But they never really looked like doing it. They overhit the passes, or they'd try and work a little intricate thing, and it'd break down with the final ball. To be honest, I think I think when that board went up, they were kind of beaten. They kind of like half giving up. They didn't really have that. You always have a team that has one last effort in injury time. A bit like we did against Blackburn on Wednesday. But they they didn't really, from my point of view anyway, I weren't worried. It's pretty com- comfortable. I, I, I felt the same, to be fair. They, I mean, and also, they, they, they also pl- kicked the ball into touch, I think, twice in the five minutes injury time, didn't they, just to give possession away and give us that breathing space that we needed. Um I mean, literally shocking passes that that lit to nobody that just went straight out for throw-ins to us, and just again, it just allowed us to take the pressure out of the game. And um, and and actually, I felt the five, the five minutes seemed to go down quite quickly for me for a change. Yeah. Normally, the it drags on forever and ever, doesn't it? Mitch, uh, your you closing thoughts on on the game? Were you, were you worried at all? Well, I mean, you're always worried, aren't you, with five minutes to go with 1-0 up, but I think Joe said it perfectly. Um, I've read a few comments on Twitter saying, well, we were under a lot of pressure for the last 20 minutes. We we weren't really under meaningful pressure. I mean, Joe said it all. I can't really remember, you know, that looking through my fingers and or biting my nails particularly. Um yeah, it was it was it, it was well managed, and it was really nice to see. It was I mean, it was a horrible, ugly game. It was really nice to see after we got in, in the Blackburn game, which was a horrible, ugly game, and, and an ugly team did a real number on us. It was nice to see that we could reduce a game to that level and come on top, come out on top, if that made yeah. sense. And I think I think it, I think credit has to go to Appleton for sort of tweaking things after that Blackburn game and 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 coming out with a with a different way of playing that reductive kind of football. Yeah, the Tim, I think I think this shows Appleton's quality, doesn't it? And the fact that he can mix up a system and apply different tactics to different opposition. I don't think that's something Neil Critchley had in his locker particularly I think he's, he's a tactician isn't he he's, 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 he's got a lot of games under his belt he knows what he wants to do I think we've spoken about on the pods before I think the fact that we've now got five subs gives you greater choices to actually affect a game by making early substitutions by bringing on double substitutions where when you had the three you always had to, you always had to think do I hold one back in case of injury 
Um, so when you do throw three players on, when you've only got three subs, it's a real risk where now you can make those changes and know that you've still got um, a, a safety card, so to speak, in relation that you can play if need be. So I'm, um, I'm more than pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I think Critchley was very risk averse where I think um, Appleton is a risk taker and, and in football, you need to be a risk taker. So we've got his uh, the manager's reaction, which was uh, published on Twitter, the Radio Lanks feed. So let's have a quick listen because I think it's, uh, it's refreshing to have such a, an honest appraisal of a game from uh, an honest manager. Let's have a quick listen to it. See, um, you know, we were a bit disappointed with Wednesday um, in terms of the manner we conceded the goal to allow them to get ahead in the game, uh, and then the way, the way the game sort of when in the second half it disappointed us because we looked disjointed and that's not us as a group so um, to respond the way they did especially in that first half today thought we controlled the game without the ball at times thought that was the best way to put it you know and um, that's a good sign it is a good sign to have and we picked our moments to attack little change of sort of formation which I think helped us today um, and we got the rewards Should you have gone ahead before you did? I think we should have. I think we, yeah. I think uh, Jerry and a couple of players are, are aware that you know sometimes when you get those massive, massive chances, they don't come around again. And um, luckily, luckily we had a lot of um, patience with it. Um, didn't get too disappointed. And um, yeah, in the end, it was a, a real calmness to the finish. Obviously, it was a good pass from from uh, Jordan. It was actually a decent finish from from Jan. And obviously, Theo had the uh, the composure to finish off. He's making a bit of a habit of it, isn't he? Well, he knows where the goal is. There's absolutely no doubt about it. He knows where the goal is. Um, and he'll get goals, he'll get assists. I think with Theo, we do, we're just trying to sort of manage him and get him to have a better understanding of our possession, what we want from him. And um, he's learning all the time. You know, he wants to learn. He wants to be better at that because that's, that's where people will question him, not his ability. Um, so if we can develop him from that point of view and he can add to it with scoring and getting us assists, we, we might have a player on our hands. You knew that coming away from home to Huddersfield, they're one behind at half time, they're going to have a right go. Yeah. But other than set plays, they didn't seem to hurt you. No, we, we knew that we were going to have to deal with crosses. We, we knew that. Um, I thought they made the, the switch in the second half, the young kid come on and gives a few things to think about. Um, but there was no sort of like clear cut uh, incidents at all. It was, like you say, dealing with set plays, dealing with crosses coming into the box. And it, it comes down to concentration. You know, you. When you're knackered going into that last 10 minutes, going into the injury time, you've got to keep your concentration levels high. And I, and I thought the players, for the majority of it, did do. Nice to see James Husband back in the action. And he brought a calmness near the end, didn't he? He did. Obi, listen, Obi, what, he, we know what he's got. We know what he's capable of. He can give us versatility. Um, he can deal with the ball. Uh, but he's got that aggression as well. You've seen him snapping into a couple of tackles there on the transition. And, um, yeah, it was good to see him back involved. Took another wonder save or double save from your keeper to, to keep it at 1-0 yeah I had a bit of a job with him in dressing him at the end thinking he made a bit of a meal with the first one but uh, just just so he could make a second save but uh, no it was um, listen that's what Grimmy's there for the reality is and you know and I think when you come away from home and you know if that's what we can sort of restrict them to that, that one moment, really. I know they had a couple of things in the second, in the first half that come to nothing, but if we can restrict them to that, then obviously we know we've had a decent day. 
Every credit to Jan Pervede. He got 75 minutes out of him, mm. and there were quality minutes. Yeah, he was he was very good today, Jan. Um, and um, he um, he's not as much football as well, you know. So we were a little bit worried about that. We were thinking, would he be better as an impact? But because we changed the shape a little bit, we thought that would help him. And um, yeah, he, he seemed to work. And uh, the big moments in the game today, a lot of the big moments and positive moments probably come, you know, when Jan was involved. And how long did it take you finally to decide you were going to go with the three at the back? Um, John, the honest, honest question, <laughs> or the really professional, sophisticated coach <laughs> answer? No, um, I slept on it Thursday night, uh, Friday night, if I'm being honest. Came in Saturday and basically burst into the door and said, "We're going for free," and everyone's like <laughs> looking at me like as if I was mad. I explained my reason why. And then very, very quickly, it was like, all right, OK, I like the idea of that. So, yeah, um, did a little bit of work with the players on the grass yesterday, showing them, obviously, a bit of stuff we had in Huddersfield. And, um... <laughs> I love that interview, particularly the end. Love it. I, I like 99% of it. Which, which is don't the like it when he's on the grass. Does that remind you of Critchley? Just get that talk out your fucking head right there. <laughs> <laughs> Next well, thing he'll be wearing a bloody... He did. He had a body warmer on against... Oh, him. he did, did he? No. He did. he did, and look what happened. You know? So he's learned. No body warmer today, we win. Easy. <laughs> but it, 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 it's um, it's an unbelievable change in, in attitude, I think, as regards Blackpool fans, in that... I think I think he was universally viewed as an underwhelming manager when he was first signed, and and I think you know we only look at the we're looking at the comments in the um, in in the chat now, and uh, and everybody seems to be of the same mind that they're preferring him and his style of play and his decision making to what we had under Critchley. So um, out of out of what we thought was a catastrophic situation that came about in, in June, we may actually have ended up, May, still early days, may have ended up with a, a better manager than we actually had last season. And he has got a, he has got a sense of humour. I've, I've seen a, a facet of his personality that I didn't know existed at the end of that interview. It was really yeah. funny. He always looked, he always looked really miserable yeah. every time I've ever seen him. Yeah. Yeah, well, he certainly did. He certainly did last time around, didn't he? I mean, he, and I think it didn't help that he come after Holloway. It was so... Colourful and so, you know, larger than life. And then this, he just seemed like a really, really boring man who came. He, he seemed like he seemed last time round. I can barely remember it. He was there for so little time, but he seemed all very Critchley esque. He just seemed to be a very boring man that talked in coach speak. But I mean, there's so much water under the bridge, and he really has got a personality. Mm. And you can you can tell that he really seems to like the players that he's working with. The way he talks about the players, but he talks about them very honestly. And he 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 seems to pay the fans the respect of rather than doing stupid heart shaped gestures and rip off Jurgen Klopp crap. What he actually seems to do is tell fans things that are going on. And sort of like the little thing he said about what was the player he said about he, he um, oh Theo about 
what he said about Theo was spot on about, like, yeah, he's a really good finisher, but we're working with him off the ball and we're really trying to create, improve that bit of his game. And, and that's what I want to see from him. And, and he's, he, he, he actually speaks to you in an interview instead of just churning out football, you know, generic football. Critchley was always like, if you've played football manager, where it gives you a choice of things to say in an interview, you know, do you say A, B or C? You always felt like that was what Critchley spoke like. In 99% of the interviews, apart from that time, he had a right paddy after, was it after West Brom? And that was that was my favourite Critchley interview because you actually saw a bit of his his genuine feelings and a bit of passion under him. And, and yeah, I mean, that the question somebody said, would you swap Appleton for Critchley? No, not. I wouldn't swap Appleton for three Critchleys right now. I'm really happy with him. Mm, yeah. What I'll say is we've got off to a relatively decent start. I think, is it 11 points from eight games? Currently 11th in the table. Table don't really mean out at this stage of the season, but I think what you've got to bear in mind is all of that's been done with a ridiculously long injury list. This team can only get better when the players that we've got currently missing through injury and suspension come back. I mean, you've got to have Carey back for the next game against Middlesbrough. Uh, Patino should be back for the game against Rotherham. Medine should, should be back for Millwall. The squad's slowly coming back together, and that could only be a positive thing because we've done this well with a very limited squad. Once we get everybody back together, you know, I'm not predicting anything stupid. I'm not saying we're getting the playoffs or anything, but any talks of was finishing in the bottom three are absolute nonsense. We'll be absolutely thing, fine this season. The thing I've noticed when I looked at the league table, I, I, forgive me if I'm not 100% right on this, but I think most of the, the teams we've played are above or in or around us in the league. You know, we haven't played many of those in or around the bottom. I know it's early days yet, but, um, you know, I look around, you know, we, the, 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 the games we've played, you know, I know Reading are a bit of a surprise package, but we've played Reading, we've played Blackburn, we've played, um, uh, I'm, 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 I think Huddersfield's probably the lowest place team we've played so far. But it's, it's quite encouraging that the teams we're playing are the ones who are picking up points as well. So um, that suggests, you know, it stands us in good stead. Um, hopefully for the rest of the season, because I, I, I agree with Joe. You know the table means very little at the moment, and but over the next five to ten games, it should start to settle down, and hopefully we're not near the bottom. And if we're not near the bottom, um, which I don't think we will be, I think we'll get. You know, you can take great encouragement from that game because that's a game I think we'd have lost last season. Yeah. I think it's it one we certainly wouldn't have won. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, went out to Twitter. Got a couple of um, fans' reactions, so let's let's briefly go through those. Reaction one uh, from Rob Walker. Brilliant, Rob. Because I wanted to talk about Jordan Thornley. Um, surely the most unassuming footballer out there. Just comes in and out of the wilderness quietly and gets on with the job with minimal for superb stuff. Slightly worried about Williams' form. Looked at miles off it again, and then he's in accident waiting. To happen, <clears throat> I mean, I've been banging the drum for for John Thornley on here. Sean shot that all down. Um, what does he know? What does he know? What does he know? <laughs> He's just brilliant, Jordan Thornley. 
He's Judd's never, ever, play. ever lets you down. Judd's got to play. He has to. He has not made a mistake in a Blackpool shirt since the Blackburn game. And actually, aside from the mistake in the Blackburn game, he played well in the Blackburn game, aside from the mistake that led to their goal. And yeah. he's, he's, a, he's, he's good with his feet. His work is, you know, his long passing's good and his short passing, he's, he's calm defensively. He's really committed. He's everything that I said. What, what did we decide that Williams was? Tentative. He's not tentative at all. He is decisive. I cannot, for the life of me, see why our Judd, as as it turns out, he's called. Who knew? Isn't isn't going to be starting the next next game? I I I think he should be. I think he deserves it absolutely one hundred percent. He's showing the pedigree now that you know when he joined us from Chef Wednesday, they were saying you've got a great mm. player there, and we were like, "What are you on about?" After seeing yeah, him, he just, he just, he seemed mm. to be. He's quite introvert. He always comes across to me as quite introvert, though, and I wonder whether that probably hasn't helped him if he was slightly more extrovert and maybe was. I don't get an impression he's one who goes bashing the, on the manager's door, saying, "Why the f am I not involved?" He probably just accepts the decision and gets on with it. But sometimes, um, you know, you've got to let, you know, he's let his football do his talking for him this season. And I, I think it's going to be very difficult to drop. The, the, the issue that that um, the conundrum uh, Appleton's going to have is, you know, he's got Hub's husband chomping at the bit as well, hasn't he? But you've got Thompson there who is rapidly becoming my favourite player. He, Got, was it with you, Mitch? Or was it with, I think it was with somebody. It was either, um, he'd lost his man at, at, at uh, Thompson. I think it was in the first half. And somebody was moaning. I said, don't worry. It'll be, back, it'll be goal side of him in about two seconds. And he was because he almost takes it like a personal affront if somebody beats him. And and he's one of the quickest players I think you can see over five yards. And his recovery runs are are, are up there with the best they really are the way he gets himself back where he should be into position and goal side. And, and um, uh, he's got a bit of personality about him as well. And I, I think with him and Gabriel on the other side, um, uh, we're into, we're in for some, see some good football, but I just, I'd like to see Hubby in there, but I don't know how he fits in. No, I, I I'm with you. I mean, look, I, I love Jimmy husband. I, dedicate the part of my time that isn't dedicated to um, clearing up misconceptions about Gary Medina on the internet. Whatever's left over, I clear up misconceptions about Jimmy Husband on the internet. But I picked Thompson ahead of him at the moment. Uh, Do you remember remember that spin he did on the, the, I think he was first half, when um, he was in a really, really tight corner and he just sort of flicked it behind him and Mm. span around Mm. the guy. (laughs) It was was absolutely outstanding. And I think him and Gabriel really do complement each other really well don't they we've got that mm. that two aggressive aggressive characterful fullbacks on either side which is which is um it's really nicely balanced uh look, look at this comment from paul gardner williams is blackpool's harry Maguire. he makes other players nervous around him he wants, he wants to come in on that I, 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 it's not to me. The point isn't that I think Williams is terrible. The point is that I think Thornley is really good, and I think we, I think we're doing Thornley a disservice by making it all about Williams not being good enough. Because I think Thornley 
is a really, really good footballer who deserves the right to play championship football for us because he's never let us down. He's been treated like crap mm. by Blackpool. Yep. He's been farmed out. He's been, you know, Critchy's first season, he virtually, lo- you know, he virtually locked him in the in a shed somewhere in the youth team pitches <laughs> and wouldn't let him out. And then, then when it came to it, in he came and he was superb and was sort of all the way through to Wembley. He was he was he was part of the team, and then he farms him out to Oxford, and then oh no, we've got an injury crisis. He brings him back, and he's superb in the championship, bar the odd mistake, which a central defender will sooner or later make a mistake in a game. You know, the will, and then he's new manager, and he's kind of third choice every time he's coming aside. He's been excellent. I think he deserves to play, and I think Williams is a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old kid who's learning the game, and he's. He needs to sit on the bench because Thornley is in the prime of his career and he deserves to play football. That, that's the way I would look at it, as opposed to, to digging out Williams. I, and I don't and disagree. And, I don't disagree and, with what Paul says, to be honest. And he's our player. He's our player, yeah, not alone yeah. as well. He's our player, and it's, it's all very well developing Williams. We've got Thornley, who's what twenty six, twenty seven, coming into the absolute prime mm. of his career. We yeah. paid a decent. By the standards of where we were in League One at the time, we paid a decent fee for him. You know, let's enjoy the lad. Let's let's give him. You know, let's give him the chance to to really, you know, to really go on and and do what he can do. That's what I think. I think Michael Appleton, if you're listening, you've received a lot of plaudits this evening. You may not get so many if you play Williams in place of our Jordan Thornley against Middlesbrough. Jord, Jord, that's what they call him, Jord. Do they? Yeah. George. What was what was what was he calling Ian Pervader? Jan. Is it spelled Ian I A N? What the Yeah, but some people who are called Ian call themselves Jan. Did they really? Like, Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, that, is, that a, is that a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah, we used to work with a guy called Ian. He used to he used to say, Call me Jan. <laughs> or what was even worse, he used to say, Call me Yanny. Which was awful. Yanny. Does that mean Jan Mulby was do you go into work? Do you go into work, Matt, and say to people, "Call me Mitch"? It's not Matt. No, it's I, Mitch. I, I do not. <laughs> right, uh, you, you haven't spoken about our media horum at the end. Um... On the Blackpool, you were on the. You were it was, at Burnley. It was me at Burnley. It was me at, at Burnley, and you've grabbed the bat on for the Seasiders podcast, Tim, and run with it at Huddersfield. Well, I, I, and, and in the opening shot, uh, uh, Matt's there as well, right? Stood yeah. right next to me. Perhaps, a, but then somebody somebody gets their arms in the way, and he's he's that's it. Yeah. He's he's confined to to history from that point onwards. But yeah, we were there. Um, very uh, prominent in the uh, BFC official celebration video. So, um, and what's more, yeah. I mean, what's more, not only were we filmed in the celebration video, but when we came out the ground, who do you think we bumped into? Who did we? Jan Mulby. Well, I don't think Tim did. I think you headed off towards the coaches, but I tried to mooch around the other bit of the car park because I wasn't on the coach. Who would be the one person to top off an away victory for me to bump into? Big Gaz. Big Gaz. It was. It was Big Gaz was there. Did you say, 
I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan. Did you invite him round? I tried to convince the lad to go and get a selfie with him because I, I thought it'd be too weird to go and ask for a selfie. Yeah, but you could have you could have got you could have got your son to go and get a selfie with him, but then sort of shimmied and sneaked onto it as well, and then whispered my photo bomb. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my son went, Dad, I'm not doing that. And he went, What would you do if Gary Medina asked you to go for a pint now? Would you go for a pint? And I was like, What did you say? The bear's shit in the woods. Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> See that after after I I've, I've laid it out, you know, I've sort of sown the seed. You could have gone up to him, you had your opening line, you know. Um, Tim Tim introduced me um, remotely. Yeah, I love the video, good one, good one. love the VT. That was your that was your in. <laughs> That's Leanne said there. Did you tell him oh, that you loved him? I was lost for words, Leanne. It was. Uh... I froze. We've got, we've got to make this happen this season, haven't we? We've got to, we've got to make this happen. <laughs> Could have photoshopped it. What sort of a sado photoshops themselves on an image with Blackpool players? Who's <laughs> done, done that? The way you were talking, John, I think you were trying to suggest something there. News. <laughs> Neil Erdley returns to Bloomfield Road in the play of professional development phase coach. Sounds very cool. still play right back. Don't need one anymore, Joe. Um, just going back to that, Mitch. Um, Leanne's going to sort it because Paul knows him. I'm literally <laughs> This is going to be brilliant. <laughs> right. You know, we're doing the Seaside's podcast live show at the Winter Gardens. Yeah. And maybe we should do a live show in the armfields as a kind of a, a practice, a warm-up, if you will. And we'll see if we can get Big Gaz on. Leanne. Do it live Leanne. from the Moretti Lounge. Leanne, who's, you know who's what to stop, do. Who's going to stop Matt shaking? <laughs> the Stella Lounge. <laughs> anyway, Erdes is back in a coaching role. We've not talked about Josh Bowler, have we? Be remiss of us not to talk about him. Mitch, he didn't listen to your letter. <laughs> well, it's just ridiculous. It. it was a ridiculous concept that some kind of jumped-up fan would be able to persuade him to stay, wouldn't it? I mean, let's, let's be honest. These internet fans scaring him off. Oh, I know. Bestering him. Anyway, I'm, I'm arranging um, uh, uh, a special trip to Athens for... Taking a Palathinaikos game and um, uh, do a little bit of uh, sightseeing around some ruins. So if anybody wants to come. Sorry. What? It'll be a good weekend, that. In fact, no, well, Tim. It, yeah. It's good luck to him, but got Pervader now, done it? But don't matter, Josh. Uh, the king is dead long with the king. Pervader. <laughs> That's a quality chant, that. We, um, as you know, we are joking about Josh Bowler, but the really nice message he sent on Instagram yeah, on his way yeah, out. that was class. That's the mark of the man there. I, I thought it was fantastic for him to do that and compare and contrast that message. He said, I can't thank Blackpool and the fans enough for getting my career back on track. So you give me the confidence to play. And it was a really heartfelt message, I thought. So, you know, joking aside, absolutely good luck to Josh Bowler. 
he's provided us with many moments of absolute magic on the pitch and I think we all we all really wish him well in his career and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on and just yeah. com- compare and contrast that message to or the non-message that Neil Critchley uh, left us with. I don't even bother talking about him. At the end of the day, he was here for a year, did some brilliant stuff, scored some great goals, helped kept us up, and uh, made the club four to six million, if you believe, whatever the figures are. It, reminds me, of, it reminds me of when... It reminds me a bit of when Brett went and sort of... I remember going and watched the cup final in the pub, you know, when Southampton got to cup final and you kind of just, you know, you just followed Brett where, or even, even Sinclair when I was a kid, you know, when he went yeah. and, he, and he went through, cause you, you just can't, you can't begrudge him the move. I, w- I wish he'd got a better move in a way. I wish he wasn't going, I wish he'd gone to somewhere that maybe would appreciate him a bit more and didn't load him out and all of that. But he's playing Europa League football this year. So you can't, you can't begrudge him that. And he is good enough. If he if he backs himself, he is good enough to do yeah. it on that stage. So good luck to the lad. Um, transfer business since the last pod. We've obviously um, lost Josh. Um, we've got Ian Pervade coming in. Callum Wright, Tim. Um, one of Leicester City's um, hot, hot prospect, and it's a, it sounds like a real coup that we've got him. Shame we didn't see him, really, isn't it, for a cameo role? Um, yeah, well, that's what I was looking forward to. I wondered whether uh, Appleton would actually, uh, uh, since we've got spammed, haven't we? <laughs> uh, Here we go. 69, 69 mega.com, new AI dating for all my... All right, what's, what's that address again? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, back to back to more serious <laughs> stuff. Um, uh, so, right, um, I think I think two massive positives I've took out of what what I've seen on online so far is, firstly, how much uh, Leicester fans seem to be in shock and are, and and are unhappy about the fact that they've let him go, which isn't isn't what you normally see, is it? When Premier League players get released to Championship clubs. They really seem to rate him as a player. And secondly, I think the Cheltenham fans as well basically said that the best he's the best player. I know Cheltenham are obviously a bit further down the pyramid than us, but they reckon he's the best player they've ever had playing for them. And, you know, hopefully, and, it, and, the, and it's great that he's, you know, he's signed. He's not, it's not alone. So let's hope if he can make the same impression that Kieran Dewsby Hall did, and, but as a Blackpool player rather than a lone player. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, I don't know what we've paid for him, but I got the impression it was was it about seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. I think was what was quoted. Which so it's not how it's you, not to be sniffed at. Oh God, I didn't know that. Didn't, is it really that much? Yeah. How do you know that? I think it was. I think it was indicated that that it was in. Right. You know, the, the the fee was in. I think Joe was nodded then, so I think I, I think I'd seen it right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but just the, the, the Leicester fans are absolutely gobsmacked but there seems to be some issues there where they need to maybe a little bit like remember a little bit like maybe rangers where rangers need to get players off the books to there seems to be some major issues where they just having you know maybe the um the owners aren't put the money in the way that they were doing and they've got you know if they want to bring players in they've got to get they've got to be seen to release ones who perhaps aren't they don't think are quite gonna hit the mark for them in the short term. So hopefully their loss will be our gain. Zach Emerson as well. 
Joe, one for the future, perhaps. I'm not going to sit here and say I know mm. anything about mm. him because yeah. I don't. But from what I've heard, he's played England youth level at, at a few ages. He's supposed to be quite handy. So, yeah, see where it goes. We're going to have a very good uh, development team. We're going to have a very good team in about two or three years, it seems. Well, it's interesting, this strategy, because we bought the boy from Celtic as well, haven't we? we, mm, we Moffat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's an interesting strategy because you, you assume with the, the the age groups that you're gonna you're gonna go for you know bringing in kids who are gonna go through the age groups and so on. But we know with the um, elite player program crap that basically sort of fifteen sixteen year olds are any good. Premier League club can just come and take them for that fixed figure of compensation. So no, we've lost you. <laughs> Put another fifty p in the meter. To, I don't know. Tim, you, Tim. Right, Tim, over to you. Let's see you know, he's gone now. He's gone all black. Danny Drinkwater is a rumour that's flying around at the moment. Um, what a brilliant signing he'll be. Um, when I heard the name banded around, I was like, oh, God, is he a bit past it? He's only 32. And in this yeah, day and, age, this it, day and age, it's nothing really. He, he played at Reading last year, didn't he? I think he did he play 30 games. He played a lot of games, yeah. yeah fair. Um, and I wouldn't say that they were eulogising about it, but they did say he was worth, because I think he, he, he was with them pre-season, if I, if I understand it correctly, but they've decided ultimately not to sign him or he doesn't want to to join them. So um, They've I, got I, financial troubles, though, Tim, as well, so that may have come yeah. into the equation. You've got to remember that he was, um, he worked under Appleton at, at Leicester, and I think they were, Together at Manchester United as well. So what did he? Right, what so did he go for? Thirty million, thirty odd million, wasn't 35 it? Thirty-five million. Wow. Um, I've got. To, I've got to say. Um, I think it could be what we're looking for. The sort of, albeit um, from a midfield perspective, but like the 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 old head, the queue, mm. the queue of the team and, with all those um, youngsters as well, Tim. You know, yeah. it could be a perfect player to have him with them. Oh, glue I'll, it all I'll together. Thought. I would have thought so. So I don't know whether it's going to happen or or not, but we most certainly seem to be in for him. The only thing I'm, I'm not too sure about is is where he fits in with our wage structure because I know, obviously, with the likes of Brannigan, we wouldn't sign them because of the impacts on the wage structure, but I can't imagine that Drinkwater is going to come for our usual um, uh, maximum wage, I wouldn't have thought, but... Perhaps he will. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm overselling Maybe he doesn't what, what need he's, what he's that worth. Oh, yeah. If he's uh, trying to get his career going, he's probably made his millions, a, hasn't it? Chelsea, a good wedge at Chelsea. Maybe similar to the whole signing Keo thing, where he was pretty sorted after his incidents at Derby. Tony, you've put it perfectly. If instant rate drink water enough to keep him, that's a good sign. Yeah. If, if Inst doesn't rate him, let's get him. He also thought his son was good enough for Inter Milan, so potato, potato, innit? <laughs> oh, Tim. Yeah, but it's because it called what Dougal's place. Yeah. It is. That's the thing. Game sign, then. <laughs> well, I, I, as I said in in, in the uh, in the green room, I thought Dougal had a, a decent enough game, but the, yeah, uh, what, I, yeah. what I did see was a load of people slagging him off on Twitter and AVFTT, and I'm thinking... You have no idea. You have, these people haven't got a clue. They haven't got a clue 
about what they've seen on the pitch if they think he had a shit game yesterday. I think it's all right to be critical of players when they have a bad game. But I think a lot of fans, and it's not just our fans that are guilty, it's all football fans. Player has a bad game, who's absolutely shit today. And then next game, they'll, they'll do an assist or bag a goal. Oh, absolute class quality player. It's, mm. I think it's just the fickle nature of football fans, to be honest. Yeah. Right, finally, just before we go, Matty Virtue has departed to Lincoln on a season-long loan. I think my abiding thoughts on this are it's it's kind of a shame that it's not worked out for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what I'll remember about Virtue, if this is the last time we see him in a tangerine shirt, was scored a lot of bloody good goals. Um Accrington Stanley. Accrington one. Yeah, that reminds Sunderland yeah. away, scored an absolute screamer. Mm. Um, during the pandemic, really good goal away at Charlton. Um, he very much contributed in getting us out of League One, I thought. Mm. Very unlucky with injuries as well. Uh, didn't he miss like most of the, the first championship season with yeah. a bad injury? Cruise shit ligament knee. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been very unlucky on, with injuries. He needs to play football. I hope it really works out for him. Who knows? He still might have a future at the club, but the guy just think, needs to think, get I out think, and, and play And I'm not football. being disrespectful here because it's still a very good standard. I think League One, he's good. And I think he's struggled. I think he's struggled a little bit to to step up. I just because there's just that extra little bit of quality you need. But he knows where the goal is, and yeah, he comes across as a right nice lad. And uh, I hope he has a he has a great time in Lincoln and does the business for them and. Absolutely, and and you know if he does come back, and and with that bit a little bit extra, then yeah, maybe he could still have an impact at Blackpool. Yeah, absolutely. Endorse everything uh, Joe and Tim have said there. Right, we're on ninety minutes. I think we're we're going to call it a day there. So um, yeah, as we said earlier, we are appearing at Wordfest on October the eighth. So do do come and see us. Go on the Winter Gardens website. You can get tickets to see us. On that, we are joined by Gary Taylor Fletcher. It's going to be after the Watford game, so go to the Watford game, have a good time watching us beat Watford, and then head off to Winter Gardens if you've got absolutely nothing better to do. And all that remains to be said is thanks for watching, thanks for downloading, thanks for commenting, and up the pool, go the pool, up the pool. The pool. So just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter program that we are running. This enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod. You'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month. Price of a pint. And for that, you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members whatsapp group you'll get some exclusive podcasts competitions so we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in and we are going to be running an extra time podcast which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons so if you want to sign up patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod it'd be great to have you on board thanks for listening
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.